Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. We believe small actions can have great impact. Take a small action today. Speak to a financial broker about a Zurich pension. Now, uh, a cyber attacker accessed the IT system of the HSE eight weeks before it detonated the malicious software which caused devastating disruption across healthcare services. That's according to a new report by PwC. The report found that the HSE was operating on a frail IT system and didn't have proper cyber expertise or resources either. Well, for some expert analysis of this report by uh, PwC, I'm joined by Professor Barry O'Sullivan from the School of Computer Science at University College Cork. Professor O'Sullivan, thank you very much indeed for joining us on Drive Time. Um, would you say this is fairly damning, this report by uh, PwC? Yeah, good evening, Cormac. Uh, yes, it is. It's quite a damning report. Um, the uh, uh, nothing, A very well-written report. It's, a, it's an excellent report. Mm. Um and I think um, it, it it really, I suppose, just confirms what we understood to be the case um, when this uh, when this attack occurred. Uh, the kind of attack, the nature of the attack. Um, this is what's called a Conti attack. So, uh, basically, uh, an attacker breaks into your computer at one particular time, spends several weeks preparing for um, for the ransomware attack, uh, learns about your files, your the structure of your network, and then, you know, six or eight weeks later, it's typical, they sort of push the button, and at that point, um, your data is encrypted and you're in serious trouble. You described this, I think, as, as an old-style break-in. Um, uh, it's like an old-style break-in. I, I, and, and they were sitting then in the system, in the operating system, for eight weeks without doing anything. Is that it? Is that what the report what the report found? Yeah, the report, well, so yeah, so in, in March, the what they call the, the patient zero computer was was um, was uh, compromised in a in a very standard way. So an email was sent with uh, with an Excel uh, attachment, which the user uh, clicked on. Uh, at that point, um, the, uh, malware was installed on, on the machine, and the it seems the virus software that was installed on that machine at that time was out of date, but also just in monitoring mode. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't going to do anything about it. And, and this, so from, the, there, um, from this, there, the attack was launched. Th- this report then tells us that from that moment, uh, during the eight weeks, that there were several missed opportunities to detect yeah. the malware. Is that right? Yeah, there was, uh, yeah. so there were several um, incidents where... Um, you know, the, the browsing of files, the um, the access of privileged accounts were all identified, but um, uh, there was inadequate um, action taken to deal with those. So, you know, that's that's quite shocking. I think it sort of points at you know the, the frailty of the system, so the the age of the machines, the age of the software, but also just the the, the resourcing. You know, the, mm. the expertise was not available. So, well, sorry, um, can, I, can I stop you there? When you sure. say when you say that's shocking, Barry, um, what's shocking about I mean, what should have been detected and who should have detected it, uh, the, the malware? Is it a human or a system? Well, the so I suppose ideally what should happen and what is best practice in an organization like this, this is an infrastructure that's um, that's a piece of critical infrastructure um, for many reasons, not, not least of which that it stores vast amounts of personal data. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be a dedicated function that's responsible for cybersecurity. There should be software that will, in, that will detect th- this type of activity and will shut it down, will create alerts um, to those who are managing the network who will then 
take additional um, actions. They might, for example, unplug machines from the network so that they can't, um, so that they can't spread the malware further. Um, try to contain the um, the, um, the virus, so to speak. Not, not, not a million miles away from what we're doing with COVID nineteen, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But um, so a combination of a combination software of both. and okay. people. So yeah. it's interesting you say that then, because um, God, if there were a number of opportunities to detect this malware. Uh, that were missed, as you say, it does point to a, a very weak system that the HSE was was operating. Is that it? Yes. Well, you know, in the report they talk about the fact that you know thirty thousand computers were running Windows Seven, basically very old um, operating system considered by vendors at the time to be at at end of life. So these were machines that should not really have been on the network. Um, uh, but of course, you know, in a in a system in a network like this, um, it's very expensive to maintain um, these systems and to make sure they're updated. But it's um, it's it's standard. You know, corporations do this. Um, uh, critical infrastructure should be doing this. So it's it's quite a it's quite a, a poor story, mm-hmm. without question. Um, and in that eight weeks, so they were sitting in the system quietly for eight weeks. Is that when they would have been, did the report find this, is that when they would have been mining the system for our personal details and data? Yeah, so what happens with these Conti Conti attacks, the reason I I talk about them being sort of old-fashioned break-ins is that the the initial step is basically to get access, and then once you've got the access on the machine, you can can come in at at night, so to speak. You can come in when when you wish to then uh, further explore the network, see see where the... where the interesting files are, see what the structure of the network is, try to compromise other machines and sort of grow it out from there. So over that six to eight week period, they would have been looking at files. Um, they would have been exploring the network. They would have been installing additional malware elsewhere. Um, so that's, you know, on May 14th, uh, when they pushed the button on the ransom attack, um, they could maximize the impact. You know, they, they could really shut the system down. Mm-hmm. Um, how these things work basically is um, once a ransomware basically is a piece of software that encrypts your your personal data, your your um, your operating system, your files. So the only way you can get access to them is by well, in, a, in, in, in paying a ransom for the for this attacker to give you a, a key to allow you to open up your open up your files again. Um, but they gave so us in the that key, eight weeks. That right? That's what they were doing, pre- yeah. preparing for that moment. But they, they gave us the encryption key, isn't that right? And it, it, am I right in saying that the report says um, this from memory? I don't have no, notes on sure. this now. But did the report say that? This could have been worse if the if the cyber hackers intended it to be worse. Oh, oh yes, the, 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 these things absolutely could have been worse. Um, I suppose, in, in a sense, we don't know how bad it is because what we don't know is where all that personal data that has been stolen is, is uh, has been has been stored or sold or or um, what use has been put to. Um, anecdotally, following the. Um, this attack, you know, p- people have been reporting getting phone calls from um, from all sorts of scammers. Now, maybe it's not linked, maybe it is linked. Um, there's a sense that it is, but there's a huge amount of personal data that has been stolen and is out there somewhere. We don't know where, and there's nothing we can do about so it. How that is really the unquantifiable uh, consequence. Of this and attack. I think an awful lot of people have been wondering and scratching their heads and putting possibly two and two together, uh, as you've done there. So, how do you rate the uh, HSE's response to uh, this attack then, and what does the report say about it? Well, the report says that the that the deficiencies that were highlighted are are persistent. So um, uh, the 
the, the situation is not fully resolved. Um, obviously, the network has been restored, but the risk is still there of a, of a similar attack occurring. Um, the, the report makes recommendations about governance structures, about particular staffing resources, about um, where uh, executives should sit. You know, the, the HSE needs um, needs a chief officer dedicated to cybersecurity issues. Needs a needs a, a chief technical transformational officer, and these need to be uh, given the resources to make all of this happen. Uh, one of the so you know the the report is very heavy on on how to deal with that from a management point of view, which is which is correct. The, mm-hmm. the report is is really excellent. It goes into a huge amount of detail, and I think anybody who's who has a who has a major network or sensitive data, I think this is this is a fantastic report to read just to give you a sense of of how this occurs and what you can do about it. Can, can you explain something to me, Barry? Which I, and I was trying to put pieces together here, and especially listening to Paul Reed at lunchtime Minority Radio as well. So the, the report tells us that the HSE was operating a really frail system in terms of cybersecurity, that it didn't have the resources or the expertise required in terms of cybersecurity. The report says as well that the, it's not out of the woods yet. Uh, in effect, the, the HSE, the health service, could be re-hit by these hackers again. That often happens after a cyber attack. And then I hear Paul Reed on the News at One say that they're putting together a business case uh, for this IT expertise. Yeah, that that does surprise me because I don't, I don't know what business case one would present that would be rejected. Um, there isn't an alternative. You know, the the, the HSE has to invest heavily in these um, resources and these skills. Um, there simply is no other way of doing it. Um, unfortunately, they are expensive. Um, they're expensive. To, it's expensive at this point to get it right because you know, in a sense, they're starting from a very low base. Um, but there is no alternative. They, um, the, this is a critical piece of national infrastructure. It's our health system. Um, our, there's huge amounts of personal data there. Um, there are many examples in the report. They have, they have this nice. They have this set of very nice examples of of impacts, um, things that occur directly as a consequence of the cyber attack. The, the, the business case, I think, it must be done. Uh, what the business case is going to be about is, you know, how much is it going to cost and how are we going to organise it? But in this respect, I think this report really, really sets that out very, very clearly. So uh, I just they wonder... need to do it urgently, really, really urgently. It, it is surprising that we're getting a report today that does say that these issues are still persistent. Nine months later. Uh, oh, yeah, are, yeah. are you surprised it hasn't been done and it, that the, the business case hasn't been made and that the uh, plan hasn't been drawn up and isn't being implemented even now, before now? I'm not surprised that things are taking this long. Um, I think when we first spoke about this uh, way back when it started, um, I was predicting that the solution would take more than uh, one year to uh, address, and it, it would cost, you know, somewhere in the in the region of hundreds of millions of euro to address. Um, and you know that is borne out by the report today. Um, I would ex- I would have expected that things would have been further along. Um, uh, I would have expected that the kind of positions that are required, the kind of expertise that is required, um, the management expertise would be in place. It's surprising that it isn't. Um, so, um, you know, this is this is a, an absolute high priority um, mm-hmm. for the HSE. Of course, you know, there's lots of things going on. 
but but you know th- there could be a similar attack uh, coming down the coming down the pipes. Well, um, go, typically, go, these kind of attacks occur at holiday time, and you know there are some holidays coming up. Well, God forbid for patients <laughs> and families and people working in the front lines and in, in uh, the health service, and and I dare say everybody in officialdom in the HSE and the Department of Health uh, who are working on this, you'd have to admit, God forbid that we get rehit uh, again and these things aren't implemented on time. Look, for the moment, Professor Barry O'Sullivan from UCC, thank you very much indeed for giving us your expert view on this. And indeed, speaking of people on the front lines, we're going to speak now to Emily O'Connor, who's a consultant in emergency medicine in Connolly Hospital, because, uh, Emily, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Um, and we heard there from uh, Barry how how this happened. We know now a lot more detail of, of how it happened and the likelihood, indeed, of it happening again. Uh, but I'm interested, from your perspective, as to what it meant on the ground uh, for you, for your work and for your patients. Hi, Sarah. I haven't seen the report today, but I did... I have just listened to the closing comments of your previous speaker and oh my gosh, what a hard thing to think that um, we could be going into Christmas and our systems would be uh, at risk again. So uh, that isn't good news as uh, on, on this Friday evening. But yes, on the day, um, I suppose I work in emergency medicine and we're a service that can't pause while things are, are fixed. So we, it, it affected us very badly. We, we use multiple IT systems um, between patient registration and particularly radiology systems, and they all went down. So it was an enormous um, manual effort to keep um, you know, patients being seen and patients moving through the system, uh, an enormous amount of resorting to uh, whiteboards and verbal communication. Um, there has been, uh, from our perspective of using the system at the moment, uh, systems are functioning again, and we are aware that there has been work done on the uh, background to you know, up- update some of the data that was lost when, when the system went down. Personally, I have gotten a computer in the last few weeks that is Windows 10 compatible. I was on Windows 7, so that is, is yeah. good news. Um, and I hope uh, all, the, all, the, all the very old computers are getting updated across the HSE. I suppose what seems to be, from a user perspective, I, I know some of the voluntary hospitals across Dublin are implementing, um, you know, very um, innovative um, IT systems and electronic records. And I hope that the, um, the non-voluntary, the HSE-run hospitals like ourselves around the country aren't being left behind a little bit. We would like to see uh, a lot more movement into IT and less reliance on written communication and old-fashioned um, phone calls. So um, we would like to see things accelerate rather than just um, recover. Mm, I'm sure you would. Uh, Paul Reid was speaking earlier today and, and he said that uh, there's no indication any patient died as a result of uh, the, the cyber attack and he said there was great credit due to those in the health service for the way they responded. Um, I just wonder what, what you make of that. Uh, I, I know given the difficulties that the cyber attack caused, it would probably be very difficult to link the cyber attack directly to patient harm or would it? I think it's, it, it, it might be um, difficult to link those things. I, I, I do know that enormous efforts were put in at ground level to, to, to keep patients continuing being cared for and moving through the system. Uh, I'm not aware of, um, personally, in, in, in Connolly, 
that we that of dealing with any patient that I felt had died as a direct result of the cyber attack was there enormous frustration was their care cancelled was there um, things delayed um, absolutely yes um, but you know personally I'm, I'm not aware of anyone that that I could say died as a result mm. of, of of the attack but I, I know cancer services and the radiology systems were enormously affected and will some of the delays that occurred because of the, of the cyber attack will there be long term what we call you know mortality and morbidity related to it i i wouldn't know Okay. Um, just finally then, we, we might end where we started, which is with that warning that we've heard from this report today that it could happen again and, and that systems that are attacked often are attacked again. That's the way these these things tend to go. Um, now, there are plans and hopes to update the IT system as, as we've been discussing, but it hasn't been done uh, comprehensively yet. How would the health service cope, in your view, at this point, or at what position is the health service in to withstand another type of this attack? Um, that's just very daunting, um, uh, you know, to, to think, um, we're, we're, I suppose we're pretty exhausted and stretched as it is, um, the cyber attack on top of COVID-19 and on top of, you know, a really overstretched public health service as we are was really very difficult. Um, of course, in emergency departments around the country, we're not going to close our doors and we will continue to see patients. But it makes me even more anxious thinking that, you know, we could be going in on Christmas Eve and facing our systems down again. It would be great to know. And I suppose that the systems are vulnerable. They have multiple users. And what we don't want to do is put blocks in the way of those users. Things still need to happen quickly. So I think it's going to be difficult to have multiple users using the system all the time and making it safe. But I just can't emphasize enough how much that it is, has to be a priority that we can still use the systems and that they're not going to crash on, on, on us again. Okay, well, the HSE has said this evening that it has implemented a number of high-level security solutions to address the issues raised in the report and that these include new cybersecurity controls, monitoring and threat intelligence measures. So some comfort perhaps to be drawn from that. Thank you very much, Emily, for joining us this evening. Um, we'll let you go now back to what I imagine is a very busy day. That's Emily O'Connor, consultant in emergency medicine in Connolly Hospital.